Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello and welcome to the 909 podcast. Hi everyone. This is a very different uh, experience for us this week. Not only is it strange, but I'm also here in the middle of the day. Yes. Which also which feels weird as well. Um we are a couple of hours after uh basically Ireland has been put into a, a sort of semi lockdown mm-hmm. in form of uh Various things that have happened. Um, the uh, we all watched uh, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, current Taoiseach, um, <laughs> not currently rotating. No, not though, rotating yet. Though d- didn't didn't it the announcement coming from Washington give it that extra bit of like? Oomph. Yeah, he's like, this is the end of days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was watching it. I couldn't get the RTE player to work on my laptop, obviously. Uh, so I was watching a stream of it on facebook on like ortiz facebook yes that's what and, we and when you watch those streams you know the way you see all these like comments in the side which are just fantastic to read because you really get to know the people and uh some lad was like yeah the country's in crisis while while leo varagher is over there on his holidays he couldn't make it up and i was like on his holiday really like <laughs> yeah, no. it's I mean, just yeah so I, I switched to twitter where you can't see the comments <laughs> that's true um okay so what's happening is that uh okay so all week we've been talking about as as a person who puts on events and uh, we kind of knew something was coming in terms of the country closure due to coronavirus covid-19 covid-19 um so all the schools and colleges childcare facilities and cultural institutions have closed until march 19th as well as all public gatherings of people more, more than, than 100, 100 if indoors and more than 500 if outdoors 
Yeah. So, so how does this affect you now? Uh, well, okay. I mean, other than the actual, like, how, how people are currently panic buying toilet roll from the mm. local Tesco and, and little. Um, on a practical level and from a work level, uh, yes. So we had a gig uh, tomorrow in Lost Lane, which we'd sold tickets for, and we were all set to go ahead. I spent the last two days agonizing whether I should pull it or go ahead with it. Um knowing that at most the number of people that would be uh, attending would be 200. And when I started to see, all, I should say, all the performers, uh, so we had, like, God knows, uh, Rory Bantam, Denise, all of the PX music crew from Limerick, uh, so many different people. We had 14 different people on stage, Farah El, Sunita from Shukra. This was all going to go ahead. It was it was looking like it was really good. Everyone was up for it. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, will we do it? Will we do it? Okay. But earlier this week, um, some of the bigger events started to cancel. Yeah. So the likes of um, there's a, there was a big defected kind of night in, which is a funny word, um, <laughs> um, in a nice race course. So all of the out, big outdoor events mm. uh, got got cancelled. There was a cabal uh, big gig in Limerick. Uh, or as sorry, well as Ennis. The, the St. Patrick's Festival as well. And then the St. Patrick's Festival as well. And that was the parade. And so our event is part of the St. Patrick's Festival. Yeah. So um, they'd given us some financial assistance in order to pay the axe because um, we're bringing 14 people in and yeah. we wouldn't be able to keep ticket price down and also break even without even having an extra. Uh, so they gave us a thousand euro. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was all to pay for everybody. Um, and so <laughs> currently, um, so it was a very strange situation the last couple of days. And then I found uh, smaller promoters were starting to cancel their events and the alternating current canceled their three day festival in yeah. the sound house. All as a precautionary measure, I talked to so many different promoters and people in the last few days about what we should be doing. And it's hard sometimes when you do this on your own, you're kind of like, you know, myself and Luke were chatting about it in the office today and yesterday. And we're like, well, what do we do? Um, I mean, we go, like, we go ahead until the government tell us otherwise. And that's what exactly what happened today. Mm-hmm. Um, the government have advised that all those um, gigs it's it's kind of crazy it's like the uncertainty that that is creating not just here but uh, everywhere else like I had a text from a lighting designer it was like my my schedule's been cleared until August yeah. pretty much you know like and no I know one knows on... what's going to happen with with summer festivals and I know yesterday like for example which we'll get on to the electric picnic talk but Melvin Ben being um, a dose Strong headed, strong dose headed, <laughs> um, absolute dose. Talking about uh, how he doesn't care. This is all be. Uh, this is all going to be blown over in the next nine weeks, and the arrogance of it, kind of. Um, and you people will find something else to write about. Yeah. What, what <laughs> how dare journalists like write about the news? Drinking his own Kool Aid there. What yeah. the hell? Come on. Anyway. Anyway, um, we'll get to that. That is so. Yeah. Currently. Uh, anything that's happening between now pretty much and until March 29th is not happening anymore. Yeah. And uh, that has a huge knock-on effect for where people are all be told to work from home. Um, it has a huge knock-on effect for coffee shops, restaurants. Self-employed shop, people self-employed and freelancers. people, freelancers, well. Jesus. Because I know, I know for myself, I've had some really nice emails from some editors that I work with today, sort of just reassuring people that whatever we can do if there's interviews that we have or if there's pieces that we can write from home to absolutely pitch them in like it's now's now's the time to do it we're at home but I am very 
privileged in that I can work from home as a freelancer. Many photographers, like you mentioned, lighting people, like session musicians, all of these jobs are, you know, like the whole cultural landscape is just paused. And these people, they don't, while they might love their jobs, they, they're not doing it for the goodness of their health. They're doing it to pay rent and they're doing it to pay bills. So what, like, what I would say, if there's anybody out there who is in a position to support uh, people who might have a couple of difficult months, God knows how many months ahead, um, if you can hire them for something, go go with the smaller guy. Don't go with the big yeah, guy. There's you know? so many opportunities for so many people being cancelled already or postponed or rescheduled. Mm. And when you don't have regular income coming in, that yeah. is a big worry. It's huge. Yeah, and the the government have outlined um, a plan to financially assist self-employed people in that they they will be able to get it's either job seekers benefit or it's this new thing that would be the same amount as job seekers benefit as someone who's been on job seekers benefit. It's not a lot of money, and it it does not cover the cost of rent in Dublin. Um, no, not for, for anybody sure. that I I know. So yeah, if anyone's out there that can help people out, do it. Um, yeah. Oh, also, just one other thing, um, which I think ha- has been going around, but it's probably good to mention it again, is that the Irish Cancer Society has had to cancel Daff- Daffodil Day, which is their biggest um, uh, fundraising day. So you can text um, to give four euro to the Irish Cancer Society. So maybe look into doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy and no one knows what's going on. It's really scary. And I tried not to touch anything on the bus on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I've, I've, you saw me coming in the door. I've, I've run out of antibacterial uh, gel pretty yeah. much. Soap I've, works the same. I know. It's the yeah. same thing. It's, it's, it's just antibacterial just gel easier. is just, yeah. It's just the one thing that I learned it. this week that I wish I hadn't because of all this mm. is that some people call the middle of their fingers webbing. And I'm like, that is gross. Yeah, webbing. Oh, as in like get in there and wash the webbing. In the webbing, you're like, am I a duck? Am I a, what is going on here? Look at it, it is kind of. Look, I just never heard it being described before. Not on fingers, I suppose on toes. I used (laughs) used to know a guy who had webbed toes. Oh. Yeah. It's like those shoes you see when you're younger or when you're younger. When I, when I saw them for the first (laughs) time. When you were younger. I think I'm traumatized still from from the first time I saw them. But you know, those like, uh. How would you describe them? They're supposed to be really comfortable, but they look gross. They're like, they, they're kind of... Crocs? Uh, no, like the webbed kind of ones that, you know... Oh, yeah, 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 They yeah, mold yeah. to your feet. Oh, yeah, they they go on to your feet like gloves go on to your hands. Yeah. Gross. Uh, gross. Weird. <laughs> Don't know how we got onto this, um, just, but you know, there we go. Wash your hands, general hygiene. Wash your goddamn hands. Yeah. yeah. Please wash them. <laughs> so um, practically for us, I mean, on? you know, we're going we're gonna to be working from home for the next while, mm. next two weeks, and... There's no events happening. Our Lumo, uh, our regular Lumo event in Tengu next week is cancelled. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, a nice little source of income for me usually. So, you know, I mean, that's only just a personal thing, but you know, that's going to happen for a lot of different people. Yes. And restaurants are going to struggle. Um, coffee shops are going to struggle when people aren't at work. Uh, city centre is going to look very strange. Um, yeah. All, um, and necessarily so, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. We just it's unprecedented know. and we're we're good stock here and we're doing it early um, and we're setting a good example for other countries. So I think we all just need to like stay calm and not panic by anything 
um, and just just ride it out and stay safe. Yeah, we'll be fine. Hands. We'll be fine. Yeah. It'll all be fine yeah. uh, for most of us. <laughs> what won't be fine? Okay, is transition is the electric picnic lineup, which is garbage. Uh, so yes, the electric picnic lineup came out yesterday. Um, and we had had prediction post up uh, last month, and like we did a lot of work on that. Oh yeah, of course. I shouldn't even bring it up because we did so bad. <laughs> like I'm still, I still feel like one or two. Yours was such a better festival. Though. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, even then, it was like it was pretty lame. We had a tame impala, which mm. is not lame. Le- tame, not lame. Um, but and then we had the likes of Liam Gallagher and Stormzy and stuff, and Miley Cyrus was possibly mentioned in a major laser. None of those came true. I I, I hear them. you mentioning some women there now, and oh, I think that was your that was that. your first mistake. So stop me when I mention a woman. Okay. <laughs> Raids Against the Machine, Snow Patrol, The Chemical Brothers, Picture This, Lewis Capaldi, Animac. Up, 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 That's the first one. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, uh, Bicep, Foles, Ian Brown, James Vincent McMorrow, Mabel. Ding, ding, ding. Rick Astley. <laughs> Rick Astley. <laughs> Run the Jewels, Skepta, Anna. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Dean Lewis, Declan McKenna, this is getting down to the third. Uh, Denzel Curry, Helena Hauf, yep. Uh, I Hate Models, J.I.D., uh, Jeff Mills, you counting the women here? Yeah. Joy Crooks, yep. Ding, uh, ding, ding. JPEG Mafia, Little Sims, ding, ding, ding. Lyra, yep. Matador, Paula Temple, uh, Reggie Snow, 070 Shake, uh, 100 Gex, uh, Ethanessa Francis, April, Arlo Parks, be the boat, be the Dobie. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even know you say that properly again. Uh, Black Country New Road, a great band that I saw in January. Uh, Frank Moody, Gum, um, Green Tea Peng, uh, Kalo, Just Mustard, uh, Lola Young, Luz, uh, Mira May, Mia Follock, Pip Mellis, Rena Sawawa, Sam Ramir, Saint Sister. Uh, Magic Gang, The Lathams, and Wallows. How many we got? Did you count that there? Twenty-one. Twenty-one or ish. I think we might have missed one or two because I think we count we count twenty-two or twenty-three yesterday. That's about there's about fifty something on that list. We can uh, count Saint Sisters two women, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Fine. Um, it's not great, is it? Well, okay. So there's plenty of um, women in the down in the lineup right way down way down but there's nothing up top at all Absolutely and not. yesterday melvin ben said what did he say do you, do you have the quote what did he say um he, he basically said there's, like um, no, there's no women <laughs> there's no women turn at the moment is what he said he, yeah he tried out that old line it was it was very much a we're aware of the criticism that there's no women but there are simply no women touring. Yeah. Uh, that's not a direct quote but i mean <laughs> which is just wrong um, but so. it's also just frustrating because you know Primavera earlier this year when their lineup was was announced, um, Deputy Music Editor of the Guardian, Laura Snapes, tweeted and and followed up with their previous um, kind of what's the word uh, saying that they were dedicated to having at least yeah, a fifty fifty gender normal, diet. Right, yeah, the new normal. And they said that was the new normal. And then this year when their lineup came out, they said, yeah, we're basically not making a song and dance out of it because this is the new normal going forward. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, that's great. That's that's how it should be. And then our biggest festival, 
are the festival that Ireland is known internationally for hosting just doesn't bother just doesn't just doesn't think there's any women yeah Roisin Murphy yeah well she's playing all together now oh no body and soul you know um but there's the likes of it's it's the important thing that you know you, you're not even considering that this is he's just been so bloody minded in this for the last four or five years yeah. that he's not, he won't listen to people about it yeah. i think the question is right um when you have a huge um big company like festival republic making decisions and you need visionaries you need people who have uh, the ability to go you know what we need to do? We need like John Rollins was one, right? Mm. He uh, he's the kind of person who who would get special kind of shows, have considerations for a special kind of uh, people, visibility and representation, all that kind of stuff. And you know, if you have like it's a very corporate festival now, yeah. and corporate bookings, like it's also safe. Well, the thing. Look at that lineup, and just forget about the fact that there's no women headline for a second. Yeah, this is boring. It's as so fuck. boring. But like, I, I think that there is a fundamental issue here, which is that this festival and others like it sell out before the lineup is announced, and there is therefore no recourse and no ramifications from having lazy bookings and not committing to gender equality. If this was. If this lineup was released today and the tickets went on sale tomorrow, I don't think they'd sell out yeah. on, the, off, on the back of that. I, I don't think there's, a, there's any way that they would sell out off the back of that lineup. It's safe. It's boring. It's, I I know that um, Stephen Byrne from Golden Plaque replied to a, to a tweet of mine saying, ma- ma- making the point that um, this is a festival for the people who voted Westlife for Song of the Year last week. But I, but but I think that there's no point in just kind of perpetuating problematic bookings over and over and over and over again and just giving people lazy lineups. People are paying good money to go down to Strad Valley, you know? Well, to me, this to is... To see Snow Patrol? Yeah. No offense. Like, love the lads. Good on them. But when were the last time the Snow Patrol were, rele- were a relevant booking? There's no way they should be headlining a mm. festival like uh, like like the numbers of le- that electric picnic does there's absolutely no way yeah i would agree with that i think um there is nothing really here that would inspire anyone and that's rage against machines a great booking like the, don't get me wrong that's that's great fine. it's fine but like the whole thing is so bland like i mean basically if there's just not much variation there either there's no you know Last year they had Billy Irish, one of the main headliners. But like, didn't Picture This play last year? Like, didn't they play last year? I think. Didn't so. they headline last I year? I think so. They played the main stage last year. Yeah. And here they are again. And the fucking inevitable. We got Lewis Capaldi again. Yeah. You know, like he played two shows in the three arenas, so you know that makes sense. Fine. Look. Oh, it's like hugely popular. I'm fine with Lewis Capaldi, and I'm fine with Rage Against the Machine. The other headliners, I'm just. Chemical like, Brothers, you know, they always put on a oh, good show. on, every festival, yeah, well, though, like, it people, gets to the stage. In fairness to like, them, people love them. But it's I, it's them. always either Chemical Brothers or but Fat they Boy Slim. they shouldn't be the main no. headliner. No. They shouldn't be put, a main Put them headliner. in a tent. Even, even just logistically on the night, they do better in a tent. Yeah. Like... It's annoying. Yeah, I have absolutely like if if I didn't want to go to electric picnic before, this is the nail in the coffin for me. You couldn't yeah. pay me to go down. 
If there's any editors out there who want hey, to listen, down, you can pay me. <laughs> there's not even Nile Rogers and Sheik on this. Yeah, what the up. hell? What the hell? Give the people on? what they clearly want. You know, and then, you know, we'd know other, the likes of, well, Dua Lipa's playing her own show, so I didn't expect her to play, but um, Calvin Harris, we heard about maybe, might mm. be playing. These all could still be added as well. Um, any other female acts now? I can see on it that'll be higher up. That might be. I think Florence Dance Machine is touring. She played last year, so why not? Yeah, that doesn't seem to be a problem for them. Um, yeah, it's there's low. It's 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 pretty. It's it's pretty tame at the moment. Uh, So yeah, and it also just doesn't seem to know what it's trying to be in terms of. There's no. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. There's no vision there. there. There's There's no no vision. vision. There isn't. Um, it's just like. These are all acts that we already have on the roster in terms of uh, Ireland, and uh, we've pl- put on gigs with them recently. So that's what that's what happens. They give yeah. you those two big, big gigs, and that you know it just is doesn't make for a great festival. It doesn't at all. So it doesn't. Yeah, very disappointing, very bland um, lineup from the picnic. I would say, um, and the less said about that, the better. Probably for now. I mean, obviously they're going to add a lot of things on it, but definitely, geez. I mean, he was just tone deaf to the fact that he was like, there's no female headliners. It was, yeah. like, it was like, are we still on this? Are we still on this? Yeah. You know, like bland, 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 bland. Stale and male. That's, stale what, that's what's going male. on there. What wasn't stale and male, I'm killing the links hey. today, was last week's Choice Music Prize. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so, so I'd like you to... What so, would you like? To well, know? I'd like to know how the performances went because I missed everything except Mick Flannery and the last Fontaine's DC song. And why did you miss that? Because I was a judge. Yes, you were. I was over in Bim eating lovely food, drinking wine, an amount of wine. Small and amount of wine. Small amount of wine. And um, yeah, by the time we got over, Fontaine's DC were just starting their last song which i caught actually thought they sounded great not a fan of theirs but yeah thought they, they thought they sounded really really good they are a good live band, yeah um and then mick flannery who was fine but um at that at that stage the the night was I kind was, of winding down it was a weird one to end on i think it was very strange but he, he was basically doing a gig elsewhere and that's why he came in. Was that why? Because he wasn't supposed to play that slot. No, he was supposed to be to on the... at least second last. Yeah. And then he got moved to, to the end. And that's right. when I came in when the Fontaines were playing their last song. Because I, I, okay, full disclosure. <laughs> so there were a bunch of us went uh, from the office, mm-hmm. uh, myself, uh, Kelly and Luke, and um, my friend Simon as well. And we had seats upstairs and we were watching and... Uh, we were there. We missed. We missed Maya Sophia in the end because she was no. on. She was on first. Heard great things. We were eating pizza right around the corner from the from uh, from the venue. This is disgraceful. Look, it's not our fault. It took disgraceful ages. Disgraceful reporting. It here. took ages. Um, and then yeah, we missed that. We got in for the second act, who was Junior Brother. Okay. Um, and we saw everything from there okay that's that's not too bad okay i thought you were gonna say you only got in at fontaine's dc <laughs> like <laughs> no, me no, no. no we saw everything uh it's always a good night i mean obviously lancome and uh, gerban weren't playing um lancome obviously the eventual winners of the yes, choice music prize yeah. um one of the things you might have missed and maybe you've heard about it since was the song of the year uh <laughs> obviously heard about i this. was devastated i miss louis and i was devastated i didn't get to meet him my well, dream do you to know get what? a picture with Louis Walsh. It was one of those things, like, I, I saw him <laughs> floating around uh, when I was walking around uh, earlier, uh, when I just came into the venue, and I realized, 
oh, he's here for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Westlife with one song of the year, which is the public vote thing. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. And uh, there were booze in the room when he, oh, he, no. he, he when it was announced that Westlife won. Uh, I don't like that. And then Louis didn't ingratiate himself much further. <laughs> I saw what he said. He's like, uh, oh, McDermott asked him, so who do you think is going to win the album prize? He's like, oh, I think it should be Dermot Kennedy or Hosier. They're both That's great. Like... Or picture this. And he's like, and I was like, no, none of those. It's like when, when Trump was disappointed that Gone with the Wind didn't win Best Picture yeah. at the Oscars well, in 2020. It's like the, Ram, the Rami Malek thing where he's like, uh, oh yeah, at uh, is it Jimmy Fallon where he's like, so what? What? What are your favorite Bond movies? And he's like, oh, Doctor No, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like all like, the big ones. Oh, oh, I just all all of them really. It's like, what's what's your favorite Beatles album? Best of the Beatles. Best of the Beatles. Love the Best of the Beatles. Um, um, yeah, so yeah I really was, know what was going on. I was devastated to have missed Louie now. I'm, I'm sad to hear there was booze. I didn't know that. I don't like booing generally. Uh, it was mild booze, but I think yeah. it just shows the respect that nobody has for the Song of the Year prize. Yeah, no. But meanwhile, tell me about the process then for you um, in terms of how you were ex- you went in expecting, you did a lot of homework on it. I did a lot of homework on it, yeah. I listened to every single one of those albums many, many, many times. I've been living with them. Um, I will say I haven't gone back to a single one of them in the week since. That I'm, is totally understandable. I'm taking a break. Um, so I'll be honest, I went in expecting Lancome to win. In my in my head and my heart, I just I thought that it was the most reasonable winner, uh, the Live Long Day that is, um, and the thing, the album that would unite the room. And I I go in having only met, only know in person one other judge, and that that was Claire Beck. Um, but I have to say the discussion in the room was incredible. There were people, you know, really, really making wonderful cases for albums that I might not have spent as much time with. Mick Flannery, for example. Not 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 that I didn't spend as much time with it, but albums that I didn't find myself wanting to go back to as much. Um, I'm not that wild about the Mick Flannery release. Yeah, it's certainly not for me and I um, it was I, definitely a surprise and I was surprised going into the room how many voices were kind of bigging it up um but when it kind of came down to it it was between like it was first down to five and then it was down to three and then it was down to two and then it was then it was Lancome but it very easily could have been another album and I don't know if I should say uh, it's up to you if you want to say it I don't know I, I don't was know. telling everyone at the after party anyway, well I know I know what it that's is that's different yeah I was, no, we, maybe I won't say um, we were pleased for, let's just say for the band I'd, I'd rather know. well well, we know it was a band uh, but was yeah. it a band yeah it was, was a band. It a band oh sorry sorry no sorry right in the final three there was two bands and one artist yeah and then the final two was band and artist sorry yeah yeah right so yeah. I uh, is it giving too much away to say that uh, this person might have been a recent guest on the podcast? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Make of that what you will, listener. Yeah. Um, but Lancome but, won. But, the, but it it was so easily could have gone any way from, from that, you know. And uh, and we were all given our our opportunity if if in, in, the, in the voting, 
if our favorite artist got knocked out, we were given the opportunity to take a bullet for the artist and try to convince the rest of the room, which was really fun, which which I did for for an artist who was knocked out uh, in between five and three. I was myself and um, and another judge were nearly on the table, just imploring people to to reconsider. But unfortunately, um, the caliber was just too high. Like, it, yeah, we, we kept saying it and it, it we kept kind of having to say, look, I know we sound like broken records, but it was so difficult. But once we all agreed at the end and, and I will say, sorry, that the very, very last vote was was secret so i didn't know yeah so going in i have i want to i've heard that before and yeah. i have mixed feelings about the fact that it's a secret mm. why do you think it makes do you think it makes sense to have a secret ballot at the end because there's one argument to be made that you are um if you're a critic and you're standing by the courage of your own convictions you'll be able to stand up in a room with your own peers mm. and say i think this is the one that wins so why why the secret ballot I don't know why the secret ballot. Um, I didn't mind it on the night, though, because I think for the most part, for maybe eight out of the 10 judges, um, only 10 could make it on the night. Actually, one one judge was was absent, but but sent on her her votes and, and her final uh, choice. But um, for maybe eight out of the 10 people, it was very clear who who they were going to vote for. We all got a kind of a final word at the end. Mm. Um, so I didn't mind that as much. Um, I think it probably saves time, to be honest, because if you are going back and forth between two albums at the end yeah, and you've got yeah. a bit of a deadline, it might make it kind of circle around. It also made it really exciting for me arriving at Vicar Street not knowing. That's true. And you can't um, actually ruin it for, for many people. Well, that's it. I, I couldn't tell anybody. Or... And, you know, people were asking me, do you know, do you know? I was like, I don't. I know it's between two artists. No, I'm not going to tell you who they are. Um, but... Yeah, it was really, really exciting. It's just such an amazing experience. Like it's mm. like such a such a privilege to kind of just be in a room, like locked in a room for hours with people who love and adore and work with music as much as you do. And yeah, it was great. Jim Jim was great as well. He was like really stirring the pot and like getting debates going and really pushing people on their on their points and stuff. I thought he was a really, really good uh, moderator of, okay. of the debate. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I have done it twice before in the past and I really, that space is really important when I get mm. to have a space where people are really debating and uh, talking about these things um, uh, in a vigorous fashion for a long time. And you don't, you normally get those kind of discussions unless, you know, you know having a chat on a podcast mm. you know deep dive but like in with a massive group of people like that you know don't usually get those kind of like serious discussions yeah so question for you or if you do it's in a beer garden and you're all drunk and yeah. it ends up being Shit, fights sure. yeah it, it was there any points that were raised um in the process that would um has made you think twice or think differently about one or any of the albums I so, think yeah, after um, leaving that room. Yeah, I suppose um maybe a, a a couple of times there were um mostly just that that really nice thing about criticism is that different <coughs> critics come to different works for different reasons and and in different ways with different perspectives. Uh drink every time I said different there. Um but a good point was raised about Circa Richardson um which I hadn't really thought of which 
I I said in the room that I think that Sorka Richardson's going to be a star, um, and that she will have she's already on the trajectory career wise of the likes of Soccer Mommy or 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 somebody like that, um, and that I've no doubt she'll go far. And another judge kind of raised the point that as a female artist, you can't guarantee that kind of success. Like there are more barriers in in the way of a female artist than there is a male artist. And you you only have to look at this year's Electric Picnic lineup to understand that that is absolutely a reality for a lot of artists. And, wh- and while there wasn't any discussions of gender or, or anything like that on the night, I did think that that was an interesting point that I was sort of taking her talent um, a little bit for granted in terms of it being the thing that launches her into stardom um, right. and not not the the look that men tend to have that little bit more than women tend to in the music industry. Okay, yeah. Um, and any other albums that, like, what about the... Uh, one judge did say, um, we were talking about Junior Brother, and one judge was like, I just hated it. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That like, does not surprise me in the least. But that's uh, whatever, like, because because there, there were a few judges who were, you know, like, really, really pushing the point with Junior Brothers saying, like, what he's doing is groundbreaking. And it is. I, I completely agree with that. I adore Junior Brother. Um, but But to hear someone say just, like, I just couldn't grasp it. I was like, that is as valid a critical response as you know, all of the kind of nuanced, yeah. more musicological ideas that were going around the table. And that was a real refreshing moment where we we all kind of realized that the only thing that really, really matters, I suppose, isn't, is this the album that's going to sum up culture in 2019? Or is this the album that's going to, that we're going to look back on and think that's what it was like to be alive in 2019. It's not that really when you get down to the base level, you have to love the album first and foremost. And I don't think there was anyone in the room who didn't love the, the live long day. And mm. I think that's, that's why it has to win. You know, I think it's a well-deserved winner. Um, Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I think it says a lot. I mean, Jesus, I could have made some money in the bookies. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, uh, I did try and look and see if there was possible, but I won't go and mm. uh, I'll only book, I'll only bet online. I won't go into a shop. Yes. I'll draw the line at that one. Did um, did you expect Lancome to win? I hoped for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I really hoped for it. Yeah. I thought it was the best one. It represented a lot about what was going on in Ireland. Um, like powerful, very powerful music, um, very unique, had a lot to do. I mean, it had some, obviously Irish traditional history in there as well, but also felt very thoroughly modern. Um, I was actually just so delighted for them as well because the first time I went to see them in January mm. and in Vicar Street and they played the Wild Rover and I welled up. I was just like, this is incredible. Like, yeah. They're such a good band. And I haven't seen them. It was just really nice. Like Obviously when they won, uh, their manager came out and they were away on tour in America. Their van had just broken down. So like he had only been just been told that he had to go out and do this. And yeah. I thought he did a fantastic job. He did a great job. He and really you know what? Did. It was really nice because he gave us context about the band that you wouldn't have got from them themselves. Yeah. Talking about how they used to play in Thomas House across the way. Stuff like that. Um, talking about, you know, I remember being at a gig in Kamenum and seeing one of the lads from Lancome behind serving points behind the bar. Yeah. 
you know yeah. like yeah. and now they're well renowned musicians touring around the US as well yeah. and they made one of the best albums of the year last year and just that context of of them from the manager's perspective and how much hard work they I thought put that in, was really nice and too. the singular vision that they have that they didn't you know compromise themselves or anything like that and you know they had they found a record label rough trade who you know elevated them even more and mm. put them on the stages outside of Ireland as well so, so just somebody on the night said that Lancome made the most punk album of any album on the shortlist and everyone around the room was like oh my god yeah like it just hadn't really occurred to a lot of us that it is I think it might have been Owen from the Thin Air who said that um and everyone was like yeah this is this is punk like this is as punk as girl band it's way more punk than Fontaine's DC um you was, know was there a mixed reaction in the room for them do you think oh yeah 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 I thought that might be yeah, yeah. some people were real into it so yeah. I expected that going yeah. in yeah yeah be surprised if it wasn't some yeah. mad into it i got a text from a dear friend of mine before going in it was like very best of luck uh fontaine's dc win uh we're through thanks mate no pressure no yeah. pressure yeah i <laughs> uh, look you know like congrats to the lads for being nominated they're they're doing great you know they don't yeah they'll be fine yeah um did you watch that documentary that they had out, i haven't yet watched it no no i've been flat out but i i do want to watch it because it might i because I, I want to like them so much and this might yeah there's help. a lot of there's a lot of live footage on it um more live footage than anything else but um mm. no there's some good parts to it like just coming across as very kind of vulnerable trying to figure out how to manage themselves in this crazy world that they're in yeah of constantly touring and like one of them talks about you know just appreciating the uh, that that this is happening for them mm. and then green do they talk about their books and poetry and yeah they do read do they poetry. actually yeah. they read poetry yeah they read out their lyrics as poetry apparently when they're all in college they, they like to put a zine of poetry together so there's a bit of reference to that but look it's not like a totally phoning thing but it is obviously about them um <laughs> but are you making a face no <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an audio medium <laughs> <laughs> cannot be told yeah um so yeah it's 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 maybe worth watching if you're if you if you feel like delving mm. into their world a bit more mm. all right it's time for our album chat now uh we're going to talk about lethal dialects ld50 part three the uh obviously uh, closing of the trilogy that uh, Little Dialect started in 2011. Little Dialect is a um, Dublin-based uh, cabaret rapper who um, is kind of an OG in Dublin, I guess, in lots of ways. He had an album out called 1988, which was more poppy as well, as well as uh, under his own name as Paul Allwright in 2018. He had a song called, or album called Hungry, which was much less hip-hop uh, driven. Uh, here we're back to the boom bap where we're back to the rap stuff and uh, we're going to play a bit of a, our, one of the songs from uh, yeah going to play a bit from a song called Strawberry Glue from LD50 Part 3 Snowy nights in the city of sands Mostly nights on the feet when I'm treading Cold as ice and it's bleak in the present So I'm lighting up the premium rest So silent that it's peaceful and pleasant Too peaceful I reckon you know the type That be leaving you deaf in the bowie knife Couldn't cleave through the tension Cold tonight but it can heat up in seconds Probe noise keep people from dwellings A stolen bike gonna creep through the crescents Revving in a way that's seeming to trend I know that I 
have no reason for fret. I won't deny it though, I'm keeping a step. They just ask when I'm releasing the next one to complete the collection. They know I might have went the need of direction. So they look to see me keep on progressing. You know what life keeps on feeding your lemons. There's no advice that can leave an impression. When your bedtime reading was lessons and breaking snow white keys in the sevens. But is the juice worth the squeeze is the question. No one likes it when you're preaching them lessons. So I'm trying to just be the exception. I know the prices and the people that said that they know what but that I speak with discretion I call me sleeper so it's keeping them guessing And it's easy condemning But in the deepest recession When the people were left It was kingpins feeding the peasants Okay, that is Strawberry Glue from uh, Lil Dialect uh, From his new album um, LD50 Part 3 uh, I think this is a fucking brilliant album <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting uh, This has been uh, He's been talking about this for a while I think he nearly scrapped it because uh, he was worried about his the difference between where he's at now and where he used to be at, mm. um, and you know the braggadocia and kind of he was he's he's talked a bit in the past of how he's a bit embarrassed about some of the lyrics that he's written on these albums, but you know people change and grow and and therefore um, you know they their artistry increases and you know they look at things differently. I think this is a really good snapshot of what it's like uh, to live to be. First of all, himself, Paul, all right, in in Dublin as an as a rapper who's been going for a number of years, um, it's speak. I love. There's parts on this where he's talking about, you know, things that we all do because, um, society has changed so much and how you know none of us have kids the same age that our parents had, um, or how we're all in different situations at the same age or older. Mm. than our parents are you know and there's a song called better man on it that where he does talk about that and you're like you know you can you can totally understand you know the dis there's a disconnect between you know here okay here we are right we, we've gone half an hour when i talking about it but like we're in we're in a place where the world has a pandemic virus we're all talking about it and we're all being we're in lockdown like these are these are different times and, and they're yeah. different times for everybody like everyone there's no job security there's no for anyone really there's no virus um, or no virus yeah virus know. or no virus but uh, like that doesn't help obviously mm. you know it's like the age of progress is kind of going somewhere else where we had progress in some social issues in Ireland the last number of years still a lot of problems around yeah. basic things like like basic things that should be tackled like homelessness yeah and so that is kind of for me where some a lot of this perspectives coming from like we're still dealing with the uh what happened with emigration in this country and uh you know people having to leave and, and come back and we see all that happening over and over again so for me i definitely feel like there's a lot on this album that um is coming from a perspective of somebody who hasn't isn't getting a lot of opportunity or hasn't got a lot of opportunity or can see that there could be a better way of doing things mm. um so that would be my that's my opening statement. That's your opening <laughs> statement. Uh, very well said. So I think this is a really interesting project. Um, LD 50 part one and two came out within kind of a year of each other. So they were definitely a snapshot, a snapshot of a time when, like you said, so, so, social issues, there, there was a lot to address, I suppose, at that time. And from reading through some some in interviews with the artist, I think the idea with this project was to track social change and social improvement as time went on. But unfortunately, here we are at LD53 and 
not much has changed um, or the things that have changed haven't negated the things that haven't, like you said, homelessness, the housing crisis, um, classism, rent, you know, uh, like working class areas being um, ostracized from the rest of the community, being treated like shit from the guards. These are still issues that are not only just still happening, but arguably getting worse and worse. So it's it's a sad thing in a way to listen to to listen to this record and kind of realize that um, though there's been a lot of change, more things have, have stayed the same. Having said that, I, th- I think it's an album that sounds fantastic. Um, while the kind of the beats are it's kept pretty minimal it's still kind of maintaining that boom bap that kind of like oh this reminds me of jizz's liquid swords all the way through you know that's that kind of uh mid early 90s kind of wu-tang almost uh solo out records kind of yeah those kind of um it's the stuff stuff. that i i remember kind of blaring out of speakers when i was growing up um in fingless like just kind of people having their their boom boxes out in their garden or playing tunes from their from their uh from their cars just a very it it just it it shot me back to a time when when hip-hop was kind of first grasping us and there were no Irish rappers and I think that there's there's a be- there's a, there is a beautiful thing to track between the early stages of this project and now which is that when when this pro when this project started, Irish rap wasn't a thing. It it just it just was not. And now we have this hugely engaged, beautiful scene. Like I mean, we we had God knows in here last week. Yeah, last two, week, two weeks ago, last week. Um, talking about like I mean, he there wasn't enough hours in the day for him to tell us about all the rappers that he loves in Ireland right now. Um. So it's 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 a really n- nice thing for this to kind of come around again. Um, I think the lyricism on on this record is the thing that that stands out for me. I think K District is a brilliant song. It's a really really brilliant song. I think it's interesting that it, it comes out in the same week. It came out rather last week in the same week as a Virgin Media um, program called Inside the K that follows. Right, um, yeah follows Gardy around uh the K district, so Cabra, Blanchestown and, and Fingless. Um and sort of I don't know. I, I haven't yet watched the program, but from watching the previews and the advertisements from it, it was just kind of seemed like the same poverty porn that we've seen time and time again, you know. Um again, haven't watched it. I I, w- I will go and watch it. I might be proved wrong. But um certainly that was the tone from from the previews anyway. So I think having um having Paul Allwright here give his perspective on on growing up in the so-called K district um and having such a nuanced kind of way of putting it forward and not not only evoking it in his lyricism but also evoking it in the sounds and the beats that that I remember hearing growing up there kind of growing up 
Um, then later on in the album, I think the centerpiece of it is um, a spoken word piece that was released before the album um, as one of the singles called uh, To Whom It May Concern, which uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I tweet a couple of weeks ago that um, one of the songs on the new Lethal Dialect record has made me cry. So you all have that to look forward to. Uh, it was that song, which I just like it's it's such a beautifully heartbreaking tale of um a woman who is writing a letter to her local representative and um is asking for a little bit of help she's she she found herself um in the in the throes of addiction but got herself out of it enrolled herself in a course and is finding it difficult in the in the space that she's living in um to stay clean basically and so she she writes to her to her maybe her TD or counsellor, it's not clear who, um, for a bit of a hand getting out. And then the other side of that conversation is, um, is Paul Allwright playing the part of the politician, of of the politician writing back to her, uh, with a, you know, we're so sorry for your situation. Maybe, uh, my hands are tied, but maybe in the next election you can, you can give us your vote and, uh, you know, we can we can do this together blah 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 blah, and it's just such a beautifully realized track that that you don't kind of realize seeps into you as much as it does but after the first listen of that it just stayed with me all day I couldn't stop thinking about it and I think that it it really sums up a a social um a kind of a, a, a social disaster that we're dealing with now that it might be easy for us to forget about our sideline given the given the current kind of pandemic crisis situation um but we definitely ought not to um and yeah i found it really 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 moving yeah me too um there's a lot on this album in terms of production as well that i really enjoyed Mm. like i said a lot of it reminded me of the older uh, kind of boom bop stuff especially the low kind of bass stuff and there's a lot of really good uh you know low bass frequencies if you're if you are playing it in a car yep you definitely get some of that but i love uh strawberry glue is a good example of production by gi on most of the tracks uh, including this one so strawberry glue kind of reminds me of early massive attack really lovely like yeah. that's kind of just like string kind of bass thing that i just really appreciate and uh, so but that simple was as well me. it, it yeah. never it, it doesn't rush over itself to be very kind of instrumental or yeah. do you know and i have to say like the likes of uh costello and gi and the maverick sabers on the last track and mm. um, they do themselves a good service by in their in that they make an impact on this as well mm. and uh there's a fair bit. Of, there's a bit of humor in it as well, though. At the same time, you know, there is. Like that, it definitely doesn't take itself as seriously as yeah, like maybe the, the first one. Couple of interludes there, fact, for example. Yeah, um, you know, and there's a bit of that back and bit, what is it? Ah, we love the line on the. I think it's Cater Six spitting lines on the back of the bus and so too. You know, like yeah, stuff like that. There's just some really strong lines on it as well. Or there's another one that's. Uh, in one of the tracks, uh, me boys are graduating from a college for crims because nobody where I'm going from goes to college in BIM. Yeah, I love yeah, like, that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of... Uh, I, and they tried to a fun bury, record as well yeah. as being kind of very well it's got a, it's got a, it's got a lighter side mm. not not just like this is like everything's terrible it's more like saying how it is and uh you know in a true Irish fashion finding some element of humor to balance that as well yeah um, yeah so that's it what definitely has an it. element of the kind of gallows about it 
where if we don't laugh, we'll cry sort of thing, which is yeah, very distinctly Irish, I think. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's it's excellent social commentary um, and it also sounds great too. And there's not much more I want or ask for from a good hip hop record. Yeah. You know. Now, I would normally say at this point, uh, you know, you can catch a little dialect at uh, tonight or tomorrow night. But you uh, can't. But you can't because all the gigs are off. So yeah. uh, everything's being cancelled. Stream the album, buy the album. Yeah, he hasn't I put it up on Bandcamp yet, Bandcamp but I think he should do that soon. Yeah. Uh, Paulie, do it. Put yeah. Up, put up. Let people uh, buy it. The first one, the first two, I think, are on Bandcamp. So they are, yeah. Maybe and, on by And those. 1988 as well. So it's yeah. only a matter of time for LD 50 Bar 3. I think this is his best overall album. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so do check it out. It is a, a very good album. Um, I'm going to play a bit more from a track called They Tried to Bury Us, which Fleece and Costello. They forgot that we were seeing Some roses flourishing beneath the concrete debris No love lost, middle finger for the other side And when they cut one of us down, then we multiply They tried to bury us, they forgot that we were seeing Some roses flourishing beneath the concrete debris No love lost, middle finger for the other side And when they cut one of us down, then we multiply I'm in the foggy jail with me motley crew Puffing on a deal while the coffee brews Watching people kill for the drop of stew Getting told they gotta milk to somewhere not in view That shit put me in a solemn mill But what to do? But polish jewels in solitude And put it in a song or two But what's the really gonna prove? At least we got a mules Cause boys and our working jobs as mules Are getting locked in jewels Got a big steal a bottle just to shop for filled Sitting on the rock and feel like the Apollo crew Until someone that they thought was killed Caused them to a rendezvous And now it's on the news Another shot and fueled Never had a lot to lose I never followed Reels, missing screws, cause they never had the proper tools. They gave them to the partial skills. Survival of the riches is a cruel pale dot of blue. When your color's blue, or when you speak like Ronnie Drew, but you ain't Ronnie Drew. Master strikes keep us all subdued, and it's a fact they see us all as fields. Like he's still just being bought and used, but all this that is, they try to bury us from uh, Little Dogs and LD50 Part 3. Do check it out, uh, it's our album of the week. Um, up next, now, uh, one of the acts that we're supposed to play at the St. Patrick's Festival this Sunday evening um, is Mount Alaska. Now, they are Killian McDonald and Stephen Shannon. Uh, they've been making electronic music together. They've been music together, actually, as they say at the start of the interview, for 25 years. Um, they were formerly in Half Set together, and they met uh, yeah, at nightclubs, in a nightclub, and they've been friends ever since. Now, uh, obviously, the gig isn't going ahead, but I did go out to their studio in Crumlin, which is in the back of uh, Stephen Shannon's house, and uh, where he sometimes records, and uh, other bands and other or artists, but mostly... It's the place where the two, Killian and Stephen, gather and make music as Mount Alaska. So I chatted to him about that process um, of making music. A lot of analog synths were in the building. and uh, But also, they gave us kind of a top five, our favourite kind of contemporary classical composer kind of uh, tune. So there's a lot to delve into here, so I'll pass it over. Um, to ourselves in the studio in Crumb.
I started out kind of recording and mixing a lot of bands. And that's kind of changed over the years. I was always more into making music than recording and mixing it. So I think over the last few years, I've just been doing that, kind of making music for films and documentaries and stuff for more than recording bands, although I still occasionally do it. But uh, um, so it's kind of changed a lot over the years, but it's still the same space. It's it's like a man cave, really, where I do work. <laughs> One that actually has an out, a nice output as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what about like uh, Mount Alaska when you, when you came to... Uh, put that project together yourselves like uh, you were obviously uh, both in half set and you were doing stuff together so uh, so what where did that genesis come from um, well I think me and Killian have known each other for God, about a quarter of a century yeah <laughs> about 25, 25 years, years or something crazy and, like uh, that we kind of always we got to know each other through clubbing like going out dancing in clubs and stuff and I, I didn't see Killian as much until we were in a band together and then we the band was kind of a very much a kind of a post-rock kind of electronic combination of sounds. And like in many ways, it was a kind of a compromise between the four people who were in the band who all had different, very different tastes. But Killian and I were always very much into electronic music and we always talked about wanting to do it. And even when we were in Half Set, we had a kind of, we had a couple of times where we did a couple of shows together where we made just purely electronic music. Gotcha. Um, just the two of us. That yeah, was we just did that, yeah, like, yeah. a couple of little small gigs and, we were always kind of really, as soon, so as soon as the band ended, we just continued on. We just kept on making music. Yeah. We didn't stop at all. So that was yeah, like so 2010. Kept going. Yeah, it kept going for us. And like, so, we would have been, like Hassett would have like written here, would have recorded here, rehearsed yeah. here. Like I remember like helping you build this place. Remember? Yeah. Um, so it, it was like, it was no stretch to just keep going, you know, just because yeah. half set finished, yeah. didn't really change. And like, it was, it was quite, like, at first it was almost like a social It was thing. a social just thing. It was just, out and played with synthesizers, you know. Have a few cans and make, make a racket and that yeah. kind of thing. And then you just got really pissed off at me not finishing songs. Well, yeah, I think we were about six years doing that. <laughs> and uh, eventually I just got really, really fed up just kind of messing around I wanted to kind of have an output from it yeah. and we'd kind of gone through so many iterations in private that you know it was a shame just to let these things pass us by we'd kind of mess around find something that we were really excited about then get bored with it and just do something else so we weren't actually releasing anything Yeah. Um, so we, we, we did in the end you know finally yeah yeah. So what, like at this point then, you have uh, a collection of songs out. You just actually released another track there last week. Also. Yeah, last Friday. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of coming pretty regularly now. Yeah, we've Is actually been pretty prolific. We're making up for lost time because we did spend about six years, like something like 2011, 2017, we didn't release anything, but we were working together and we were making music together. Um, and then I think we kind of kicked things off ourselves on our own label. Um putting out some singles um but like i even like as the single was coming out on friday i just looked back and i was like hold on that's like 15 songs in the last two years and that's like singles remix uh we did what was it, a train song for kino creven's 20th anniversary you know there's like yeah, yeah. A, a, like a bunch of stuff so i'd say we're about as prolific as any other band <laughs> in in dublin for the last while so but we were always we were always prolific. It's just that we, we were, just weren't releasing we're, we're it. We're just releasing it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's literally hundreds of songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. hundreds. You know, and uh, I remember there was one song on the album. I forget which one, but when oh God, I can't remember which one. But anyway, when we were working on it, I was like, "That is Steve. That's years old. Like, how long? How old is that?" And he went back and like, you dug up the very very first version, and it was like. 
April 2011 or something. Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. So, like, there is a, a folder of songs that we've always been working on. And yeah. some see the light of day, some don't, you know. So, the album was kind of a bit of a way of purging. As yeah. Well. It's quieter stuff. It's a nice we've marker gone to have. tempo singles, but we've been writing this quiet stuff as well. So it's kind of what, kind of a way of clearing out that folder. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But we were always doing that. Um, and uh, I guess I was kind of, uh, over the last four or five years, I've been getting more and more into making soundtrack for, soundtracks for films and music the picture, I suppose. And uh, I was very much influenced by that and what I wanted to do. So we decided to make an album that was much more low-key. Sure. And also, I have a kind of a love of repetition. So, I, like for example, this old this is an old synthesizer from 1982. That's a Juno 60. You're pointing to there, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this it's got a hold function for the arpeggio, so you can just play a couple of notes and it'll just hold the notes. Yeah. And it's actually really relaxing <laughs> to just hit three notes randomly and just let them play, and then you can just modulate the different parts of it. You know, right? And uh, songs started coming from just putting that on. I just walk into the room and press play and, and sip coffee and just start making music around it. Yeah. So so it's kind of like influenced by soundtracks, repetition and the love of old synthesizers, I think. Yeah. That kind of... So how much of the process then is all uh, synth, uh, analog synth based or and how much of it is like digital production? Uh, um, I think for the album, it was probably about 80% analog. Yeah. Although for everything else, it was it's always a combination of all sorts of things. Whatever, whatever you're excited about at the time, it might be kind of, it might be a free plugin. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. it's, it's it's anything and everything, but it, it's it's normally very very electronic based. You know, mm. that's where it comes from. So when it comes to then live gigs, um, you obviously had an album launch and you've one coming up. So how does that differ in terms of the process and, and actually approaching that? Because it's very different to being in a band than you as you were because you're playing with mostly live instruments with other people and mm. two is standing side by side mostly in this <laughs> regard yeah. uh, for Mount Alaska. So looking awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a different shifty. it's a different dynamic right it's a different dynamic than uh, playing with a live band with, with a, a, like you used to play drums killing, yeah so. yeah it's totally different but uh, different good you know yeah I think um, so so I quite like the challenge of it I mean what I do is still really kind of percussive um, so whether it's like playing keys or like triggering vocal samples or that kind of thing it's still like I gotta be on the beat you yeah, know, or yeah. else it kind of falls apart. Um, yeah. We toyed with bringing the synths on the road a couple of times, and it's kind of terrifying bringing an old analog synth sure. and making sure that there's no latency problems, that kind yeah. of thing. Or, or, you know, you, you set up a sound and you go back 20 minutes later and it's different. It's, it's just different. It just yeah. is different. Yeah. So that's like, they need to be warmed up, right? <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Things happen. And also, also, they're quite noisy as well. Mm. They're kind of hissy mm. and. Um, so we had to kind of rule that out so a lot of that stuff kind of gets recorded into the computer and then we, we run a lot of live sequences and trigger sounds and stuff like that so we're doing a lot but at the same time it's it's much more exciting than being in the band because if you do one thing wrong it really does just fall apart it just yeah. Yeah, falls apart yeah. uh, so it's it's kind of nerve wracking and more rewarding as well because yeah. it's much larger which is okay. interesting yeah it's it's mm. it, like there's like the setup is a lot it's a lot safer like them bringing these machines out. Um, but you're still talking running a, a, at least a, I have two synths, you have a synth, controllers, um, kind of NPC pads, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a hell of a lot that can go wrong. So it's still quite nerve wracking. So we just have to be really well rehearsed. So uh, 
let's just move on to your you gave us a few five tracks um that you mm. could serve as inspirations uh steve you as a composer kind of comes from a, i can hear a lot of uh influences there maybe um in terms of sound so uh, we'll just start with the first one that you picked um which was uh niels fram oh, yeah. obviously uh niels fram very well known uh contemporary neoclassical composer from germany um and in many ways, kind of a key person in terms of uh, reigniting the kind of interest in this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And and maybe, you know, there's part of it that people will say, you know, Spotify playlists and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and the whole chill thing and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff that could be a part of that. But definitely Niels Fram is at the forefront. So why? So you picked a song called uh, Says from uh, his live album uh, Spaces in mm-hmm. 2013. I'll just play it now and uh, we'll come back and just talk about it. Okay, that was Niels Fram with say, Says. Um, so why did you pick that? Well, um, Niels, I, I'm kind of a big fan of Niels Fram, but that song is really interesting because the first version of that song, which is on the album, is very much different than the what it became, the live version it became. And I've seen him play it a couple of times and just listening to that song grow from, from its origins, which is much more simple. And it's become, it kind of morphed through being played live. And what I find fascinating about that is because I'm a bit of a synth nerd anyway, and he, the whole song is made on one of these, one of these Roland, old Roland synths, which I have. And I'm kind of obsessed with the sound of them. So the first time I heard it, I just thought it was so beautiful. He has it running through this old tape echo machine from the 70s. And, and it just, it, ta- it really takes its time and it grows into something that is so huge that it's, it's kind of breathtaking. It's so not chill. Like, no, it's <laughs> not chill at no, all. No, you know? it's not funny. that one. No, <laughs> no, no, totally. Yeah, and I'm, I know his other stuff has a tendency to be like quite chill, but like, yeah, that you sent me a KEXP live version, yeah. of him doing it. Not I long, mean, not long after the album came out, or right before, yeah, maybe. And he's got like one or two machines. And um, we were at National Concert Hall last year or the year before. Dude's got like. 40 cents and got yeah, a spot on stage yeah. and he's hopping around like it you're right like it, this has morphed and grown mm. out of like one guy constantly playing and playing live and really re- it's really really interesting to see where it's gone yeah, the songs kind of change in the public eye really has grown yeah, you know yeah. Um, so yeah it's kind of fascinating yeah, that's a huge like difference. I remember seeing him at Primavera a couple of years ago, and it's just mm. like, yeah, he was like jumping around for different setups he's, he's and doing ex- all he's, sorts. He's a very exceptional artist because he plays in here in the National Concert Hall to yeah. a sold out crowd, basically a kind of classical audience. And then he goes and headlines a festival, you know, and pretty much does the same set. Yeah, just yeah. no one quite like him. You know, <laughs> I was in uh, Funk House last year in Berlin, where he has a studio. Oh yeah, it looks amazing. very very nice place oh. to get get into and have a look around. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously held in high regard. Uh, so your next track is from Johan Johansson. It is the sun's gone dim and the skies turned black. Uh, 
Well, I've always been a massive Johan Johansson fan. I saw him play, I think it was 2004 in the Sugar Club and he, he'd come over and he, it was just him staring into his laptop and he had a quartet with him. I think it was a local quartet yeah. that were heard in for the show and the show was only half full and at that point, he'd, I think he just released that album or there was the one before that. Um, that's the, the, That song is from 2006, uh, okay. the IBM Okay, so when I saw him play, it was before that album Yeah, and... Uh, I, I just thought it was beautiful, really somber, really gentle, really beautiful. Um, but then he came along with this and he, there's a couple of songs on that album, the IBM one. IBM he, 1401, a user's manual. Where, yeah. where he uses a kind of a robot voice, kind of voice technology to, to kind of almost sing along with a song. And it's yeah. like a, at that point, I'd never heard anything like that. Somebody who took a very pure classical piece and arrangement and just kind of put a programmed robot voice on top, almost like a... Radiohead, you know, Kid A. Mr. Hopkins computer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> remember that guy? Um, but uh, so it's, it's just fascinating, just kind of, you know, juxtaposition of two different things and kind of opened my eyes a little bit. It was yeah. you that introduced me to that yeah. particular song. And not so long ago. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm a Johansson fan, but I hadn't, like, yeah. delved back really, really, really far. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, that, that kind of record had passed me by. Yeah. Like, his discography is huge. So you kind of introduced me to that after a few cans, and I just made you put it on again and again and <laughs> yeah. again. Did you ever hear the uh, soundtrack he did for Arrival, that movie Arrival? Arrival, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. That but, really I kind of, stood after, out. after I heard him do that, I, I just went back and listened to him all over again, you know. Yeah. It, it is actually amazing. Like, yeah. So yeah, just kind of a nerd fan. Everyone thinks that Max Richter's song on the Arrival soundtrack is... Johan Johansson because like <laughs> Johan Johansson wrote that soundtrack yeah. but then they stuck that Max Richter song at the start of it right? yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's like why the fuck did you do that yeah there's another yeah film. that's strange there's another film that was as well yeah. I can't remember which one. He did, uh, well, before he passed away in February 2018, the Icelandic composer also worked on films like Prisoner, which is, uh, Prisoners, which is a very good soundtrack, and Mandy as well, Mandy, the, yeah. the kind of right, Nicolas yeah. Cage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gorefest, for want of a better word. Yeah. But to move on from that then, um, a close collaborator actually and all fellow Icelander um, uh, of Johan Johansson is uh, Hildur Gunadottir and that's your next choice. Um, the song is called Folk, Fear and Lit.
Yeah, so I, I, I've been kind of digging this. This is a new lot, song. It's a new song, yeah, it's only a couple of weeks. So out. obviously, you know, uh, Guna Daughter was, uh, won an Oscar for yeah, work on Joker. So. Yeah. But this is this has come out just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think it came out, yeah, it came out in January, I think. And it's on Deutsche Gramophone, that amazing, amazing label. And as far as I know, it's pro- I assume it's a single. To an like there's an album. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. On the way, I'd say if they had an album scheduled, they're probably going, hold on, she just won an Oscar, Park. Yeah. You know, I'd yeah, say yeah. they're trying to figure out what's going on. But um, I've been listening to this quite a bit over the last few weeks. But from kind of watching Chernobyl and The Joker, I've just like been really, really, really digging a lot of her stuff. Yeah. You the, tried to go to Berlin a couple of weeks ago, really? didn't you? So yeah, it was so disappointed. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so no sign of an Irish show yet, but... Mm. Um, that song they are doing a live score to Joker in Dublin though what but oh, not nice. I don't she's not involved oh, okay. <laughs> what's, someone, what's, what's the name of that guy she, she did the uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure <laughs> what's the name of that guy she did the soundtrack for Chernobyl with the sound designer guy who did oh yeah what's do, do you know no do, I can't do, remember well, for Chernobyl she went went to a, an unused nuclear power station recorded sounds and made music out of all the sounds you kind of pitched them and stuff but she brought a, a world renowned sound recordist to capture right. all the sounds of the nuclear power station but the show she did in Berlin she did with that guy she oh, performed yeah. two nights in a row right. and okay. I really wanted to go but well this just, this Joker thing is an official um, like it's got a quote from the director and all so oh really um, okay yeah. so yeah. official in some way but um, yeah. yeah I'm just really excited about there being an, a, a potential album now the the single is really lovely mm. it is quite different to anything that like you've been hearing in like any of her scores for the last few years as well yeah um I'm not quite sure the title. Uh, the translation of the title is like people, people have faces. People get faces. I think I was trying to figure out what does it mean. And yeah, well, apparently it was written as a response to the mistreatment and deportation of refugees in Iceland in 2015. Yeah, so I thought it was like the dehumanization of refugees. I looked up, like I saw, I found someone kind of talking about it, saying that like. Um, the literal translation is people get faces or something like that. But what's right. what's really meant is like it is a commentary on the dehumanization of okay. refugees. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, your fourth choice is uh, one that's familiar to me. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of this album. This is uh, from a track from Persona from 2018 from Rival Consoles is called Unfolding.
So tell me why you picked this. Uh, this is a London producer, Ryan Lee West. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this album. Yeah, we're both. This is probably the most important album for us in the last yeah, couple of the, years. The, this, uh, this album, when it came out, blew both of us away. Blue, sorry. I yeah. think I, I didn't listen to another record for about six months after it came out. I think I was just listening yeah. to it on loop. Uh, kind of blew me away. It, it, there's a couple of little subtle things that happened in the record that I hadn't quite heard before and it made me just look at music in a slightly different way, which I found incredible. Like I find this, because I'm a little bit jaded and cynical sometimes about music, but I, like someone has to try really hard to impress me. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, you know, it was just yeah. unbelievable. How that album starts and where it ends, it, it's a total journey. If someone, if like, if, if you haven't heard that album, you should, and yeah. anybody out there should go and get it's it or phenomenal. go and listen yeah. to it. Yeah. It's essential. Yeah, it's very I think good. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's been a big one for us for the last few years mm. and we could have picked anything off this re- yeah. record. Mm. Like my girlfriend was like, why didn't you pick Dreamer's Wake? <laughs> why didn't you pick Dreamer's Wake? But it was actually important to pick an up-tempo song as well. And you were saying something yeah. up-tempo is quite relevant to what we do as well. Yeah. And I think the thing with Ryan is that People hear that record and they don't realize that, like, this dude, like, scored an episode of Black Mirror. This dude has just done the music for Secret Cinema's Stranger Things. Right. He's just done Overflow, that big dance show that's gone through the UK. Like, he's he's not just some, he's not, like, a dance he, dude. You right, know, yeah, yeah. You know, he's... He's, he's very prolific. He's really, he's really prolific. And he does fit the erase tapes mold. But I think he ticks a couple of boxes that no one else on that label ticks. And I think it's really, really, really relevant to what we do, whereby we go, right, we're going to do something quite up-tempo. But then, like, we put out an album like Wave Atlas and it's, like, totally chill. So he seems to have that freedom and that confidence Mm -hmm. and also the room to be able to do a lot of stuff like that. And that's really, really important for us. And thankfully, we're quite lucky that... um, our label lets us do shit like that. <laughs> um, so our final choice then is from uh, Mika Levy. The song is called Castigo. So that is from her score of the uh, war drama film, Monos, 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 uh, released last year. I haven't seen that film. Yeah. So give us a bit of context about that. You've obviously seen, you must have seen it by now. Well, here's the thing. You haven't? The reason reason why I really wanted this on on the list is because I haven't watched this movie. (laughs) And I've just been listening to the soundtrack nonstop since it came out. And I'm kind of afraid to watch the movie now. Okay. Because um, I didn't like Jackie. But I love the soundtrack. Yeah, even but more, I, I found the more controversial. I didn't like Under the Skin. Okay, yeah, I didn't. People rave about. But yeah, I love those. The music was yeah. fantastic, though. Yeah. The I music, mean, the music's amazing. That so. was the only thing that really kept me like gripped to yeah. the whole film. I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of like that film. Like I, I thought it was okay, but like I don't. I, I, I know people absolutely adore that movie. Maybe it went over my head, or maybe it's just not for me. 
But the thing that I always come back to is that I really like Michael Levy's scores, but I'm not really sure about the movies. Yeah. Uh, so I've put off watching Monos, but I've seen so many people talking about it online saying how amazing it is, how different it is. Um, it's It sounds pretty bonkers to begin with. Yeah. Um, but uh, that particular track is quite interesting because if you listen to it and you haven't watched the movie, I think it's impossible not to imagine what the movie is like because she's clearly taking sounds from the film. She's also using synth as well, and she's not really uh, used to using synth a lot. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, chuck, chuck this in because it's very, very interesting from a soundtrack perspective, yeah. having not watched the movie yet. And a composer, a musician that's obviously started in a very different place from where she currently is now, what used to be Mikachu and the Shapes. Mikachu, yeah, and the Shapes. Like very yeah. different music. Totally, but yeah. like, I, I, just, I think after Under the Skin came out, just her yeah. soundtrack career absolutely took off. There's there's a really good episode of the soundtracking, is that what it's called? Soundtracking podcast, Edith Bowman's right. podcast. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. interviews Mika Levy on it, and it kind of goes through the whole, um, uh, I suppose, her discography and, and how she got where she is. It's really, really good. Cause mm. She's a totally, really cool woman. Really, really cool. Absolutely. So final question based on uh, what we've just been discussing uh, has to be asked. So if there was a film in recent memory that you would have loved to score together and that you think your music together. might suit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can, you can go separately. You can go separately if you like. Uh, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Oh, that film Midsummer. Oh, Midsummer, yeah, that that'd amazing. be a good example. The and Cloak, like yeah. soundtrack, that. Have um, you seen Midsummer? Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ari yeah, Asher or whatever his name is. Uh, mm. I didn't like Hereditary. I thought it was a bit too scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it, its intention, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Midsummer, I thought looked great. Um, it was quite interesting. Um, the soundtrack was really cool, and it was something that. But it's it's something that we only both watched recently yeah. i think and we both were were like really really digging that so i'm um, i'd be a fan of like the hacks and cloak and that whole kind of triangle records thing as well and yeah. i just thought it was really interesting what he did for that score he really pushed the boat out the first track on it's phenomenal like yeah. for the opening credits mm. really really phenomenal but then the, the score turns into something completely completely different um so it would have been nice to have uh soundtrack the trip and ball scene <laughs> yeah that's a good one um, yeah just give us that one have you seen then uh, Uncut Gems have you have you oh, yeah. familiar with the soundtrack to that yeah I wasn't crazy about the soundtrack no. to have to it's say it's a very interesting I like, I like the movie I thought oh, the movie was good seems. Uncut Gems new uh, what are they Safdie Brothers is that yeah Safdie Brothers uh, oh, Tricks Point never does the uh, music oh, right, okay. yeah very he, he did Good Time as well they're, yeah. They're yeah one of their previous ones but um, it's a funny one because the music is so what would you call it like it's it doesn't it's kind of incongruous to the, to the movie itself it doesn't really seem to fit in but somehow it, for me it worked because it was just so but it, it adds such a weird juxtaposition yeah so that, can, that can work really well it, it does like it's very Vangelis it's very like 80s kind of inspired as well but lots of cynicism I think the soundtrack came out a bit before the movie. That's right. So yeah. I went straight to the soundtrack and I just went, this is pants. Like, <laughs> I, just, I can't listen to this. Yeah. And I think with, that's a really good example where like, it really does work with the movie because it adds to the anxiety and the tension. Uh, Cause it, 
you know, Adam Sandler doesn't stop shouting for an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to handle it, but actually I was just gripped the whole time. I just thought mm. it was... It's so really, really good movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, Mount Alaska, thank you very much for having me in your studio. Thank you. Thanks to Killian and Stephen for the chat. Uh, it's just actually been announced that their planned gig has been rescheduled to Friday the 12th of June in the Pepper Canister Church. Uh, they were playing alongside Slow Moving Clouds and tickets are on sale from selectivememory.ie. And also our Move Us and also our More of Us show is being rescheduled to May 15th because I didn't mention that before. Um, well, yeah, that was a nice chat. And uh, yeah, you may have heard a dog in there. There was definitely a dog. In the studio at some point. Yeah. Every every studio should have a dog. Every studio should have a dog. I kind of missed Daffo this week. Yeah. I uh, Me too. <laughs> but but not, not when I'm recording stuff. No. But Preferably not. But look, if I'm working from home now, from now on, going to have the dog all the time. dog energy. Next week. Yeah, that's the plan. Right, so what else has been going on with you, Annie Crack? What's I been consuming been you? so busy that I haven't been consuming much else. Um, I... I started reading Circle of Friends by Maeve Binty, which is a huge book, as in it's long. And it's one of those books that has been, it's sort of on every shelf in every Irish household. And it's always been on my list to kind of read it. I used to kind of dismiss Maeve Binty as being like, that's women's literature. And then I uh, grew up and copped on. Um, and I listened to... Uh, to shout out, actually, um, Sentimental Garbage, Caroline O'Donoghue's um, brilliant, brilliant book podcast, which recently won an award for best book podcast or something. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast. So I think it's coming back soon. But she had a great um, episode of that, I think, live at Body and Soul with Sarah Maria Griffin, in which they discussed Circle of Friends. And, it, and it's just been in, in the back of my mind for ages. Um, so I was getting on a plane recently and I was like right I'll download this and been really 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 enjoying it it's um it's a group of people that it begins on their first day all coming from different backgrounds uh all attending UCD right in the 1950s and it just sort of sprawls out from there and their relationships as they unfold and uh the different kind of social classes and, and how they work together it's really excellent so far and the other thing I haven't really had a chance to watch anything. I I have been 
sort of up to date on Better Call Saul, which I think is one of the best television programs we've oh, had. Oh, it's in so the good. I'm, wait, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting a while for it. So watch good. I think I might have binged. two, I might now have two episodes to catch up on. I think I have last week's and this week's to catch up on. So I'll watch them the weekend with himself. But, um, it's just, oh, it's just back with such a bang. Like, it's it's so good. It's so, so good. It's beautifully shot, beautifully directed. Some of the best actors in the game in it. Um, it's just, if if you, if you listener, are out there um, and you're going to have some free time in your hands over the next little while and you are a fan of Breaking Bad and you never did Better Call Saul, this is, this is the time to do it because... I put it off for ages. I was like, no, I don't know if, if like that character has enough to carry. Oh, he it's, absolutely it's actually, it's, does. It's, in a different way, it's actually, it, it, it's, it's as good, if not better than yeah, Breaking Bad, I think. Yeah. It's a very different show, but it's, and that's the beauty of it. Well. Yeah. You don't feel like you're watching a retread of, of the same thing. It's, it has, it's totally has its own perspective. It does. And it's really, and it's damn funny as well at times. Like yeah. it really, really is. <laughs> it's excellent. It's really excellent. Um, and then beyond that, I watched the first two or three episodes of the new series of Inside Number Nine because it was in the UK and I had access to the BBC iPlayer. So, um, caught those also back with a bang one of the best comedies on television um absolutely unbelievable just brilliant like if inside number nine is one of those things where it's like if you know you know like not many people watch it but it's just have you watched it no you would love it it's a reese sheer smith and i've forgotten his name and i feel really bad about it um you'd love it uh i'll i'll find a way for you to watch it I'll find a way. Find, we'll find, find a way. Find a way to watch it. Um, yeah. Just watch the first episode of uh, the what, first What channel season. is it on? It's BBC. Oh yeah, well, yeah. there should be on something. Anyway, I'll find it. I don't know. I'll I don't know how televisions work. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's excellent and that's back. Um, and I've got a, you know, a pile of books the length of my arm at home, so probably going to read a lot of those. Very good. Why not? Um, I was actually... <laughs> thinking about it now I was out all last week because I was getting my fix of being out in the world because yeah. um, that might not happen now you extroverts yeah. I just I'll never understand you <laughs> oh I don't feel like that but um, we went to the US Embassy last week for the of launch course. of South by Southwest which yeah. then promptly got cancelled <laughs> and who've de- now let people go you know, oh it's a strange world we're living. Um, they're deferring refunds for the next couple of years. They're like, uh, they obviously are so stuck by, which is you know expected. Mm. They're this big, massive showcase festival with thousands of thousands of people coming. Um, they've let people go. They've yeah. had to, but they're they could fold oh. unless they like keep some of that money from people who are paid already for next year or the year after. So that's what they're suggesting. Anyway, uh, that was one thing I did last week. Um, obviously the choice, and then I was in Kilkenny to DJ for a corporate party, which was you know something I can't do now. Even this week was that um, fun? Cause it was actually it was fun. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was good night. Uh, it was good night. Yeah. Um, Kilkenny. It was for uh, Lighthouse Animations uh, mm-hmm. Studios. So. Good fun. And then Saturday, went to see Georgia. Oh, yeah. How was that? She was great. She was so good. Louise um, Bruton put me on to her. And uh, she's great. Simon Roach and Luma was a big fan and has been for a while. And uh, Christy from Boom, been talking about her for a while. And uh, they were both in attendance, as were a lot of other people I knew. Uh, really great gig from Georgia. Um, she's... It was very short. It was in the academy uh, in the green room, which is a terrible venue because it's uh, flat as fuck. Um, oh, I know that room. God, I've yeah, been there in years. It's awful. But anyway, 
it was a good buzz. It was very short lived, but it was good. Um, she'll definitely be back when all this madness kicks back, uh, or kicks away from whatever we're doing here now, um, to somewhere else. And uh, yeah, she'll be back for a bigger show later in the year, hopefully. Um, although there's going to be a significant demand for those dates now, um, for all these big t- Look, uh, festivals and tech, like Coachella moving to October. You're like, what? The there's going to be a gig a week. For a long time, <laughs> for, uh, for sure. Also went to Wiki on Sunday, the rapper Wiki, which was wasn't that well attended um, in terms of numbers, but a uh, great gig. He's he's such Where a. Where was that on? It was in Grand Social. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. But I think the Sunday thing probably worked against him there. Yeah. I don't go to gigs on Sunday. No, I don't go to gigs any days. <laughs> it I seems. Mind a Sunday gig. I love oh. a Friday gig. Oh. The best. Hate a Saturday gig. Really? Yeah. What? This I, is this is this is the woman who wants to have a a nightclub over before eleven o'clock so she go home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> closed at eleven. Um, to say as well, if you are out and about this Sunday, I have an interview with Soccer Mommy in the Sunday Business Plus magazine, so you can read that if you want. But not physically out and about. I was like, you're a no, public you, interview. No, people are. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what? No, if people are out and about, they can buy the paper. Yeah, if you go which, to shops, if, if you, you go, go to, to the shops, you can get a newspaper. Uh, no, being out doesn't always mean out and about. being social. On the town. On the town. Yeah, if you find yourself in shops, if you've run out of your 25 rolls of toilet paper between now and then. Um, yeah, that's in the Business Post this weekend if you want to read that. And I think my lethal dialect review is going to be on the Journal of Music over the next couple of days. Just Very good. Plug those, why not? Any podcasts you've been listening to otherwise? Um, listening to, I've actually just been listening to the um, the new podcast, The Vulture Club, um, from Sophie White and Jen O'Dwyer, who do The Creep Dive and who do Mother of Pod. It's part of the Rogue. Rogue Network. Collective, yeah. Rogue Collective, who do brilliant stuff and you should absolutely sign up to them. Um, they're, they're great. I was actually on a panel... Um, for lyric for a show on lyric fm on one of the days this week and um sophie white was there so i got to meet her and say i've been listening to all of your podcasts forever so uh, and she was very nice so yeah uh vulture club's great creep dive's great mother pod is great uh if you're into listening to a podcast about motherhood that just talks about really disgusting stuff um i'm not a mom but listening to this i'm never gonna be <laughs> um might, might be good preparation yeah that's it. it no new podcast am i right in thinking serials coming back i don't know did i see that somewhere or did i dream it okay no I'll, idea. Check, I'll check that and come back didn't see that i've been listening to tony cantwell's shit show mm-hmm. where he just talks about random things that he's, he's watched or seen or done Basically this section of the podcast, but a whole podcast. Yeah, but sometimes it's about like being dumb, playing, okay. playing dumb. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, it's good. I'm so basically that. this section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> Except for it's just him and he's talking <laughs> sure. to himself and he has his inner critic called Gary. Okay. Um, who interjects and gives out to him. Um, so we try and keep that wolf from the door when there's yeah. two people. It's probably a bit easier for that critic to come out when there's one person talking to you, Mikey, like, what the fuck am I talking Which about? Which might be the podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> or the re- yeah, you can record on your phone and we'll like... Yeah, I'll send a can, statement. You can in. dial in by direct line. I yeah. Know. I don't know if I figure it out now. Um, uh, the other thing I've been watching, which I've just started watching, is the Road to Greece, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon's so travel heard... sh- 
stroke impressions show. I've heard that this season isn't as good as previous seasons. I've watched the first true? three. I mean, I guess there's I've probably watched the other ones as well. Some diminishing returns in in the fact that they're basically doing the exact same thing over. But and over I'll over never again. tire of them just sitting across from me each other doing impressions. Like, like I'm fine the one that. I was watching last night, Rob Brydon was doing. Uh, <laughs> You know the the tiny voice he does, like the uh, tiny the bo- the, t- the tiny man, yeah, yeah. tiny man in a box. But this, this time, yeah, but this time it was like a tiny toot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which actors. Um, oh, it was in. Uh, was it uh, Dustin Hoffman's mouth? <laughs> so Dustin Hoffman's tooth was like. Was <laughs> See if you describe actually, I can't this, even do it. This did happen. Um, Harry described the trip to me before. He was like, "You should watch the trip. You'd love it." He described it to me, and all I heard was two white male comedians get paid a lot of money to go traveling and shoot the shit and i was like well that sounds like garbage um why why on earth would i want to watch it and then i watched it and i was like oh yeah no it is good and it has like season three has that like kind of narrative kick to it as well which i didn't hate yeah Uh, okay i'll watch i'll watch the new ones um well another thing to add just uh from a personal note turns out i've now been to two of the restaurants that the uh the trip has been to ah. so one of the ones in the third episode in greece in athens mm-hmm. uh, is on a little seaside town i was there last there year do you remember what you had mm, i probably can find pictures of it <laughs> it was fish it was fish okay. i had fish makes sense uh i had it was a lovely seaside meal town. it was a lovely meal and i had lovely white wine and yeah nice decadent it was a very unique Won't room. Be any of that now for the next while <sighs> no one um yeah batting down the hatches now yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, well, I guess we could still do a podcast next week. We can just figure out how we're going to do it or what we're going to do it on. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it we'll, out. Right? We'll cross that bridge. There's no gigs to talk about, but that's okay. There's still albums. There's uh, Forte has a new album out uh, tomorrow, so we could talk about that. Um, here we are doing our editorial process live at the end of the podcast. Look, everything else has fallen apart. Why not the podcast? Uh, sure. You know. Well, look, lads... If this is the last time we speak, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Look, everyone just stay calm. Um, I'm very sorry to all those who've been kind of severely affected by this, but um, we're we're all in this together. And um, that is true. We'll always have music. We'll always have music. That's what I'm, unless it's live music, we don't have that. <laughs> Listen to your we'll, records. We'll always have recorded music. Perfect we'll for any music. introverts out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it for the podcast this week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Hopefully see you next week. If you like what we do, patreon.com forward slash 909. We had a number of new new subscribers or members in the last week. Oh, Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing. We're doing the weekly things every week. Weekly things every week. Listen to me. (laughs) Uh, We're doing playlists every week. uh, Special playlists. Um, We're on number nine of the weekly playlists. Uh, I got a DJ mix to go up this week. Was going to offer discounts on gigs, but sure, I can't do that now. No, none of that. Um, we're doing discounts on t-shirts as well at the moment. Yep. Um, I think I gave like 50% off at the moment for t-shirts. They're good, they're good t-shirts. They're good tees. Um, yeah, so whatever happens, take care of yourself, wash your hands, all that stuff. Uh, have, do you have a song you've been using for 20 seconds? No, uh, well, uh, no, I, like I'm ashamed to admit that I've just been sick of my happy birthday. Um, or sometimes I just count to 20. But by the time you do all the, you know, the webbing. Oh, don't use the word <laughs> webbing again. By the time you do oh, all that, yeah. you know, it's it's like I'm do, I'm I'm hitting 30 sometimes. You're I'm right. I'm going in there. It's a good solid. No, and then you end up yeah. just touching the 
you know, all the surfaces. You afterwards. saw me coming in here today. Yeah, but like what I if opened you to, that door with my elbow. What do you do if you lock it have to lock a door? Oh, but they're they're my keys. No, in public. <laughs> yeah, but they're not someone else's keys. Like you just what like give your keys a little wipe. No, not your fine. keys. No, like say a door, like a like a toilet the toilet oh, door. Oh, just use like your your That is wrists. so no. No. It's fine. Or just put your foot up on it. Anyway. Look. Look. <laughs> It'll be fine. See you next week. Yeah. Okay. We're going to leave you with a so- trong song. A trong. A trong song. A song from uh, Little Dialects album. This is uh, probably enough. K District. K District. Bye. Bye. Living in the K district, it's no picnic. They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business. They might mistake you for a state witness. Living in the K district, it's no picnic. They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business. They might mistake you for a state witness. Where we're from, they're not concerned the political. Conservatives and liberals, the squares and then the criminals. We were taught to keep the variable to a minimal Cause certain individuals be serving up medicinal Moving weight around the early is traditional The smarter heads know that when you're earning keep invisible You rarely reach the pinnacle And if you do, your underboss bumps you off Cause business never personals the principle Still the younger boys swear that they're invincible But if they study history, they'd learn that shit is cyclical They say your early years are pivotal They taught me that reality's more scary than the fictional See me cousin rush to the Emergency and critical over the situation you would swear was only trivial. I reckon that's the reason that I'm permanently cynical. Even on a date, I stay aware of me peripherals. Living in the K district, it's no picnic. They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business. They might mistake you for a state witness. Living in the K district, it's no picnic. They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists. They don't miss kid, don't say shit. If you've no business, they might mistake you for a state witness If you can give a ball a kick, you can pick up a scholarship But for flipping the product quick, you can pick up a sponsorship <laughs> Me boy used to be box to box on the soccer pitch Now he's boxing it off the pitch, boxing pit like a botanist Then it was on the snip rock, you could fuel a rocker with flogger Shit is what got him rich on his wrist as I watch the Swiss Taking farther trips, hitting up round Thomas with shoppingness And a mother's fit, people reckon she's got him with But to me it's so obvious that it's not the chick it's his pocket that's got the solid grip on his esophagus I told him keep it anonymous Watch his lip, keep it zipped and then lock the zip Cause we live in the smallest pond of fish Cockiness leads to sloppiness He said fuck it, I flunked a bit Cause I'd rather be prosperous than to live in no pot the piss okay. Told him that's his prerogative Watch your quick that the blocker twist isn't off And they brought your hip at a Robbie and copy dicks Living in the K district, it's no picnic They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business they might mistake you for a state witness Living in the K district, it's no picnic They raise misfits who blow big clips and make hit lists They don't miss kid, don't say shit if you've no business They might mistake you for a state witness Yeah Rest in peace, Carmody 
in peace, party hotel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.